Welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast, Drum Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisors Studio. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisors at OADKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll see us there. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. This is episode 51.5. As always, I'm the Point five. I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you doing today? I'm very glad it's Friday. How are you? Yeah. Doing all right. Hey, I'm going to catch up on some, some inside baseball stuff on the pod real quick. Yeah. There is no episode 51 that we usually release on Monday. I was actually in the studio Sunday night about to record and got really sick. Oh, no. Um, just had, I couldn't focus. I ended up getting ill. And I was sick Sunday night, all day Monday, into Tuesday. And it's, I'm better now. But Good. it was just, um, I, I think it was the heat and dehydration and not eating well. I've also been dealing with the new medications. So it's just a lot of stuff all happening at once. So if you're thinking holy shit i didn't get monday's podcast there just isn't a monday podcast i apologize well i'm glad you're feeling better to make up for it we're going to do something a little different today so today we're going to have ellen and i together for for a little bit here we're going to talk two or three subjects three or four subjects and then tyler jones the godfather of the of the of the podcast here in the soapbox studio network is going to come in and he and I are going to talk at length kind of about the future of a lot of the um, TV and streaming rights stuff. He's kind of got some inside baseball stuff with what he does at Chat Sports. Uh-huh. We're going to talk a little bit about the Big Ten's news this week, which we kind of knew was coming. Now we got the specifics, the numbers, what's going to happen with basketball. We got all that information now. So we're going to talk about that. And then Tyler and I later are going to get into some of the rumored and innuendo that's out there and where things are going, because there's some big news on the horizon, you know, a few months, a couple months out as far as NFL Sunday ticket. And then right. what's going to happen with the NBA after that. So okay. we'll talk a little bit about that on that part. But I guess the biggest news in sports this week and you know I hate talking about this, but I'm. This is the last time we've had a moratorium for a couple of weeks. Yes, so I was not bringing up Deshaun Watson until we had news. So we had not just someone's opinion or anything else, but until we had some ideas of what was going on. So we have a decision. Instead of the arbiter coming in and saying, "We have an agreement," we have an agreement. Yes, that's where I was going. Instead of the arbiter going in and saying, "Here's what you're going to do." Both sides have come to an agreement. An 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, a $5 million fine, mm-hmm. and that $5 million, along with another million dollars being put in by the Browns, uh-huh. which is being matched by the NFL, is going to be put together for some sort of a not-for-profit to help with Oh, I can't believe it. I think it's for victims of sexual assault. Victims of sexual assault, sexual assault, yes. And yeah, pardon me. So I'm going to ask you first because my opinions on this are well known and have been stated. 11 games, 
too much or too little in your opinion? So I happened to be at physical therapy for my ACL recovery yesterday when this hit ESPN. My physical therapist and I had a discussion about it because she also has very strong feelings about this. Regardless of how they handle this, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm glad the financial penalty went up. I think it's pretty fucked up by the NFL that uh, Deshaun's first game back is against the Texans. Um, It's just a bad look all the way around. And they're really, I think, you know, it's probably a good thing the NFL appealed the decision and then um, the union and the league came to some sort of agreement that was in between and actually had some financial impact, but it still sucks. I don't care that he has to take classes or go into treatment or have some sort of monitor. The dude's going to keep doing what he's been doing. It's just, what's the pause? It's kind of like a serial killer, right? When, when they, they think that they're getting close to, to being found out that they kind of just go undercover for a little bit. He has shown very little, if any, contrition for this at all. Yeah. His he made some sort of statement that I was just like, really, dude, no. Yeah, I, I, the amount of contrition here has been awful. Now, I've made it very clear that I thought the minimum to me acceptable suspension was two years. Right. I, I said two years, where initially I would have been one, but I said the second year because that's what finally hit him in the pocketbook. Exactly. Because of the way that they did the cut, the way that both sides – the Browns and Deshaun Watson with this contract. Now Watson's going to be fined five million bucks, and he's going to be suspended. He's losing, I think it's six hundred thousand in pay. Well, you know, again, they structured the contract. So the contract, yeah, it ain't that much money. I mean, was, nope. the contract was structured in a way that if he if he was suspended the entire season, he would have lost one million dollars. Right. Um. He is going to have to pay $5 million out of pocket. I don't think that's nearly enough. When I consider it again, I think he should have gone one year without pay next year for the 2023 right. season, which would have cost him upwards of $40 million. And I think that – I don't think this is nearly enough. Yeah. I think, it, I think he's shown so little contrition that I just look at this and go, if you're not sorry, if you don't realize you've made a huge mistake here, then you haven't paid enough for price. Right. And that's that's where I'm at on this. I'm very hurt by how this has all gone in the end. And I think the NFL made this deal because they want to get it behind them. Oh, and, sure. And they just want to get this whole thing moving and get people to stop talking about it. It's just another example how the NFL handles um, you know, domestic and sexual abuse as compared to Drug abuse, uh, gambling, everything else, it's really, really fucked up. Yeah, I knew that, I knew that was exactly the word you were going to say. That's what you say. <laughs> and I agree 100%. I, look, I, I was thinking about this in a way. Football is the very masculine sport. To mm-hmm. play football, look, you have to be a tough motherfucker. I mean, it is... It is physical. It is a car crash, especially if you're a lineman. Yep. It's a car crash on every play. Right. 
And I get that mentality, but you know, and, and we're old enough, we're in our 40s. We're old enough to understand that the mentality of an athlete now in 2022 is different than it was in 2020. It was different than it was in the 1990s, the 1970s, you know, where it was really a car crash and it was really a tough guy element. Professional athletes now are in a way robots. Yes. They they are engineered for perfection. Yeah. They're engineered for performance. I mean, they're a motor and they're, they watch what they put in their body. They watch how they treat their body. They, the, the top end athletes spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, some of them, if you look at with some guys out there, to treat their body in a way to keep it moving. Yeah. What I'm wrong with that is that this mentality, the, the beast mentality has gotten away from football in a way, but not in what we allow expectations off the field. We're still allowing these people to be this way. Yeah. And we're allowing it because of based on what we tell them, the penalties are when they commit those crimes. If you commit the crimes of taking the wrong substance, yep. of doing the wrong thing to your body for an advantage, those are more heavily penalized than the tough guy image of you know, how you treat women or violence in any way. Right. Off the field. Absolutely. That's just not where we should be. This is a, and again, I think it's better now as far as the behaviors off the field. There's fewer and far in between Mm -hmm. professional athletes. But I think the NFL does such a poor job of holding players accountable to that situation where, if Deshaun Watson had taken the wrong substance, he might have gotten a, a, a larger penalty. Right. I mean, uh, comparable across leagues would be the, the Tatis stuff that yeah. came out. Yeah. Tatis is getting half a season. Yeah. And in, in football, I mean, if Deshaun Watson had, well, as a general term, will you say steroids? We don't right. really, we'll just say performance enhancing substance. Right. If he had had this happen two or three times, he would have gotten a much more substantial penalty. But we know of how many cases against Deshaun Watson? 30 something? Yeah, we know at least 25. This is much more substantial. It is. And it's not, and save the, well, it's the integrity of the game bullshit because. Look, all these players take care of their bodies, take care of them different ways. I, I refuse to believe that. It's this is a, this just shows that the NFL is just trying to they'll allow you, you know, if your skill set is a certain skill set, we're gonna let certain people get away with certain things. Yeah. It's about keeping the news cycle fresh. It's yeah. no different in this as it is in politics. If you got if, if you're the fresh meat. Kill somebody and throw them fre- throw the press fresher meat. Well, and I, I think you make a really good point about the news cycle with, you know, there's only one more week after this week of preseason games and then we're launching in. And I think that's a really astute observation that they don't want this hanging over come opening day. No, no, they really want to get to their first Thursday night 
and to be with their new partner at Amazon. Right. That first Sunday and the first Sunday night game and it's you first know, Monday. And, and, and they want to talk about what the new beginning to the season is and not worry about any of this shit off the field. Yep. And yeah, I, so I think that again, and I've made it very clear where I was at on Watson. I think it's hugely been underwhelming what they've done. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's get to something that's a little more fun to talk about. And that's, we mentioned, because we knew going in a couple weeks ago that we, that, you know, <laughs> Did the ESPN my ESP, pop up? ESPN <laughs> pop up just said, hey, I'm going to show you a commercial. <laughs> I went back to the story because I wanted to make sure I had all the stuff I knew you were going to ask. Sure. So, hey, where we're at, um, the Big Ten has officially announced the, their rights. They're moving, their rights moving forward. Um, it's just as we thought. The deal begins July 1 of 2023. Okay. And it runs to the end of the 29-30 athletic year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a three-network deal. Fox, CBS, and NBC, just as we described it. Yes. But what we know is the deal is now worth more than seven billion dollars billion dollars a year billion dollars a year more than the nhl makes annually with their contract the big 10 is now making more than the nhl um and and the nba is next and they're just sitting back going oh wow sure they're gonna have everybody bid for them so the big 10 did an outstanding job on this the Big Ten, you know, has been with it has been with a combination of Fox and ESPN for years. Yep. And, and you know, ESPN also is ABC. Those games are all going away starting in 2023. We know that it will be uh, a big part of this is Fox co-owns the Big Ten network. Thank you. I was going to ask on for yes. clarification on that. Yes, they own a large percentage. It's like it. I've heard 40%, 50%, and 60%. Okay. I don't know which number. They have, and that's how this job got done. It got done because of Fox and the Big Ten Network. And what I understand, and, and Tyler is going to talk a little bit about this when he comes on, he has a little more inside baseball on it. Sure. Is that uh, one of the things, the ESPN actually bid a little more mm-hmm. for what's essentially CBS is getting. But the Big Ten did not want to be on ESPN. They feel that ESPN was always going to look at the Big Ten as their number two football or college football property to to the SEC. Interesting. Um, They did not want to be the number two network on a number two conference on any of the three networks they're on. Okay. And they're going to be the biggest property on all of them, even on NBC, which currently has Notre Dame. Right. Um, so how this is going to work is Big Ten Network will continue to air football games up to 50 a year from 2024 to 2029. I'm just kind of picking, cherry picking some of the stuff here. Sure. Uh, Fox will remain the Big Ten primary broadcast partner and will carry the Big 12, the Big Ten title game. Okay. Um, 
they will be the Fox big noon Sunday game will be a big 10 game. Okay. Uh, CBS will begin to carry. Let me get this right here. Okay. I'm sorry. They are giving up the, the championship game. Oh, so it'll odd years, the odd years, the contract, four of the years, it'll be on Fox 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. CBS will carry the Big Ten championship game in 2024, 2028, and NBC gets it once in 2026. Okay. CBS game of the week will be at 2.30 Central Time. Where right now they get the ES, they get the SEC game of the week. That game on the SEC is moving over to ESPN. Right. So that leaves that spot open. CBS will now take the Big Ten's game and put that on there. Um, it will be most likely the B or C game of the week, depending on what game where it's at. There'll be some that go to the night game on NBC. Uh, what they're trying to also do is keep Notre Dame happy on NBC. Sure. Notre Dame is going to be playing the majority of their games at that three, two thirty, three o'clock window, which will lead into the Big Ten's weekly night game. Okay. It'll look like, for the most part, the big game is at noon or eleven thirty here. Mm-hmm. Um, the twelve thirty on the East Coast. It's like, they call it Big Noon kickoff. Right. Um, so 11.30 kickoff here in Central Time. And then some games that are night games, they're going to push to the night. They're going to try to get a big audience for Ohio State, Michigan. Sure. You know, Ohio State, Notre Dame game in 2024, they have on the books already. Michigan, might, Michigan State. Yeah, that any USC home game that's a big game, that's obviously being played at night, not at noon Eastern. Right, right. Not yeah, especially – yeah. yeah, when USC and UCLA come into the league, yeah. that's that's going to change some things. Yeah. So that's going to be – we're going to see some of those games carry on to the 2.30 or call it 3 o'clock window and in the night window as well. So when we start seeing games like Michigan or Ohio State at USC or at UCLA, those mm-hmm. are be night games. Because yeah. they're going to want the audiences on them, and it's a West Coast game. They don't want those games starting at 9 o'clock. No, they're, those are awful. And I also – They don't want to start at noon, though. Right. Um, I understand also that CBS, they will actually do a lottery for these games, whereas with the SEC, CBS had right of first refusal. They could pick what game they wanted to have. Yes. Now, the way it worked with the SEC beforehand was, yes, CBS got their choice, but there was a couple of games a year, I think it was two games a year, that ESQ, at ESPN could say, no, that game uh-huh. is out. Okay. Um, but that hasn't that has been Auburn-Alabama has happened yeah. in that window. I think it was an Alabama-LSU game a couple of years ago. Bama-Georgia. I mean, stuff like that. that yeah. Twice a year, ESPN could do it. Now it's going to kind of be the lottery. They're going to all work together as partners. Now that that takes in your, your linear stuff, stuff you see on cable, stuff you see over there. There is a component of streaming in here. And now, as we know, Fox does not have a sports streaming service. They're the only one of the four major networks that do not have that. CBS is Paramount, NBC is Peacock, 
ABC is part of the ESPN bundle, the same family. So the way it is going to work is um, the Big Ten Network will be, I haven't seen where that's streaming yet, but. Well, I mean, it's, it's on the Fox app, Fox Now. Fox Now has the Big Ten Network. Yeah. Um, But that's not a pay service. No, you just have to have the cable subscription. Um, what we're seeing is CBS, as far as you were going to ask about basketball, and I got mm-hmm. the answer for you. We're going to go there quick. Okay. CBS has continued to air Big Ten basketball regular tournament and regular and tournament games. Okay. Uh, they will also add women's basketball tournament championship. So CBS uh, or Fox? CBS. Because that's a change because it happened uh, Fox. Fox had certain games. Now, Fox will broadcast 45 men's basketball games per season. Fox and FS1. Okay. Uh, the Big Ten Network will have at least 126 men's basketball teams. Okay. Peacock is going to carry 47 men's basketball games, 30 women's basketball games per season. And I'm also led to believe that other, um, I think volleyball and something else is also going to be sent to Peacock. Huh. That'll be interesting to, to see. I mean, yeah. volleyball is a big thing. And then also softball and baseball, yeah. how that cuts into ESPN. Yeah. Um, that has not, that's not on this release. Right. What I did see is, there was, I, I remember seeing a separate article that said that there was a thing about bringing some volleyball games on there. Sure. And then anything that's not aired live on CBS, uh, NBC, or Fox, or Fox Sports 1 is going to get pushed to Peacock. So, especially with basketball, because I think there's more interplay with ESPN, that it's not so um, conference-centric. Yeah, well... Have you seen anything like how they're handling Big Monday, Super Tuesday? No, ESPN has not announced any of that yet because okay. those Big Ten games will all be gone starting in 2023. But I wonder if they actually will be. They will. There's an exclusive deal. They're gone. Interesting. There'll be no Big Ten games anywhere on an ESPN platform moving forward in 2023. After the 2023, this season, Starting in 2023, 2024, you will not see any Big Ten games on the ESPN networks. That seems like a bit of a stupid move. ESPN made an offer, and Fox wants to build the Big Ten network. They've got FS1. This is this is. You know, a lot of the talk about it, you brought up, you know, the big Monday, Super Tuesday kind of uh-huh. stuff we've seen. Those are ideas of the past now. They're gone. I mean, yes, in a way, you still have those games, but the idea of, okay, used to be big Monday was the Big Ten game and then the Big 12 game. Well, we're not going to have that anymore. I don't know. It'll probably be the ACC and the Big 12. Hmm. With Alan, I'll be willing to bet I did think it's going to be an SEC doubleheader on Tuesdays. I'm just guessing, but 
if you pay six hundred million a year the way ESPN's paying that the ESP to SEC and the SEC wants the people on TV, they're going to get it. I don't know. Especially I, when you had Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's a shame. It the traditions, and this is where I'm going to kind of we're going to go next in the Notre Dame piece of this. The traditions are gone. This is not what college fair. sports. Is. It's just not what college sports is anymore. Right. And this was going this way. And there's a lot of people I hear to see it on Twitter. I see it every people argue about it with me and they're going, well, but that's just not right. It ain't that it's not right. It's just not that way anymore. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. And this is not rah, rah, pride in my school sports anymore. These are big businesses. Oh, no. It's just about a billion dollars a year coming to these teams. It's flat out money. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that these these sports programs are going to get their share of a billion dollars a year, and they don't have to pay the players. So what's interesting, I don't know if you saw this snippet floating around the Twitterverse this morning. There's a discussion, an interview that Bryant Gumbel is having on Real Sports, which is airing on Tuesday which I think there's some um, folks within the Big Ten, because I think it's the commissioner that he's speaking with, that there's some acknowledgement that it's coming to that. Well, I, I, think that I think that's where we're going to see the Big Two break off. When you're talking about a billion dollars, and you're talking about splitting it up amongst teams, amongst schools, Yeah, that, that's where we're going to see the split of this is too much money to have free labor. Right. And I, I, yeah, they, and I know they're working on a big story on real sports about that. So, yeah, it, I just find the whole thing interesting. I think that we're going to see a lot of like people who are saying, well, I, I miss the traditions. Yeah. Look, USC is going to be in the big 10. The thing of it is Oklahoma though, Oklahoma and Texas are now in the SEC. Right. It's a different animal than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago. No, absolutely. But I think these schools will figure out schedule contracts just like KU Missouri did for basketball, right? Yeah. That they will work it out to yeah. get those yeah. one-offs or short-term contracts. Yes. They'll be, you know. Oklahoma's still going to find a way to play, to play the bedlam game. Right, right. Yeah, those are going to happen, and they're going to work with the TV partners on that. It's and just what happened. Let's say, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of a good one here. It's different conferences, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are in different conferences for all yeah. intents and purposes now. Now, let's say that we know the Big 12's rights are coming up, and they look like they're going to go to ESPN. But let's say it was let's say it was Fox, for argument's sake. It would have to be put in the contract. Well, these two teams play, we'll alternate. They'll work right. on that. They'll make that happen. Because there's too much money to not make it work. I think it's just one of those things that folks are going to have to get settled with the idea that it's not going to be every year. You know, yeah. it's not going to be the X Saturday of the month. No. That this matter game of is fact, that was one of the things that is in this Big Ten contract is um, Peacock is going to have two Friday games. 
Um, let me get it because I want to read this to you. So right now, I can't think of so the week of Thanksgiving. There is a I don't know which game is on that Friday. Uh, the Iron Bowl is that week. No, I'm talking in the Big Ten. Oh, that I don't know. The Friday night is a so that game is going to be played. The Iowa Nebraska game is getting moved to the Friday night of Thanksgiving week. Okay. And we'll be on Peacock and NBC. Okay. That's part of this deal. Um, that was one of the things. You can see what NBC is trying to do. NBC is trying desperately to bring the Big Ten in to be a big thing for them. They need they sure. frankly need some kind of, of football other than Sunday night NFL. And they have Notre Dame. But Notre Dame isn't what Notre Dame was 30 years ago as far as ratings you can right. argue they're still a top team and, and preseason top five but i i i would argue they shouldn't probably be up there the big thing also is i think that the intention was to try to get notre dame to come to the big 10 because now we know that nbc is negotiating rights with notre dame directly right and they're not going to get as much money for notre dame football as they would by getting the big their share of the Big Ten rights. And so there was like this reward. Okay, come over here, come get part of this billion dollar money, and let's just move on. Because sure. that's the one place where those fans are just tying themselves to the to drowning on the on the Titanic going down, saying, We believe in tradition, we believe in tradition. Oh, absolutely. And the last ones. And and let's be honest, they're one of the ones that caused this. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's contract with NBC was a huge, huge contract when it first started. Yes, they're one of the reasons that all this started. And you think of it that way, and you look at it truly that way, you got to think that hey, this is—it's almost poetic. And now they're the last ones hanging on for the say, we don't want to join a conference. It, it, they caused the problem. They let the beast out. I, I think that's fair. The thing that I find interesting about the Notre Dame stuff, and I know that you and I don't agree on this. I, I don't have an issue with Notre Dame potentially hanging out and trying to figure out what's best. And I yeah. think as much as maybe Notre Dame hasn't been able to parlay the NIL stuff, to me, that is their holdup. They want to figure that out a little bit more concretely because we're seeing some very interesting partnerships. The White Sox announced this year Mm -hmm. or this week that they are doing NIL deals with Chicago area colleges um, and basically sponsoring athletes. I, I really think beyond just Notre Dame being pompous and glorious and what it is, they are really trying to figure out how best to parlay the NIL stuff in a way that makes sense for them. Yeah. They're trying to keep it. They're trying to do the NIL thing, but try to keep it in their value system. Yes. And I would argue that they have probably have a questionable 
system anyway, but I'm not going to go there. I think the biggest thing I see with that, and I do see where you're going with that, um, I think that my biggest argument is if Notre Dame is going to stay independent, uh-huh. that as the college football playoff expands, it should make no, no, absolutely zero concessions to include Notre Dame. Why would they have to make concessions? They've had to in the past. And, and they shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't. They should say, you know, conference champions go in before you. You want to you, you want into this thing, win a championship, or be ranked in the top five. No concessions should be made that include. It was really an issue in the BCS days, if you can recall. Right. And, and I just, again, if they want to remain independent, fine. That's your right. But the NCAA or whoever is going to be in charge of this football playoff should make zero concessions to Notre Dame. The thing of it is Notre Dame comes in and says, well, what about us? Tough shit. This is what you're going to have to do. The thing of it is, though, neither whatever organizing body nor the networks, if Notre Dame is close, they can get the ratings. Yeah. And that's what they care about, not necessarily the quality of the product. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. But I think that we've seen, we saw it in the BCS days. Yeah. Where some bad Notre Dame teams oh, yeah. got positions they shouldn't have gotten. Yeah. And we've seen that Notre Dame has been, even in the current playoff system, they've gotten in and they haven't been good. Right. So but they drive ratings. If they expand it and you go from four to eight and you say these conference champions get in, that's fine. And then you say, but you got to be in the top four otherwise. The top four non-conference champions. And if Notre Dame doesn't fall in there, if they're on the on this, if they're nine and they, you know, you could we could argue, we could get them in. No, fuck them. If Louisville's ahead of them, or Cincinnati's ahead of them, I'd rather Cincinnati needs to get in. I, I appreciate your wanting to draw a fine line. It won't happen. Yeah. Because money is going to control it all. There's, there's absolutely truth to that. Absolutely. I just, my whole thing is make no concessions to that. Sure. They're not that valuable a franchise. In the end. No. So, because obviously, honestly, I would be curious to see, and there's no way to prove this. What would a rating difference be of including Notre Dame to a playoff game than not have it? I don't think it's that big because the college football playoff, we've already seen those numbers are huge. Those games are doing well, no matter who's in there. Right. I mean, you can put Oklahoma State in there. You can put Kansas State in there. It's still going to draw a huge number. I would be curious too, but I think unlike – any other college football team, to me, Notre Dame is akin to the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. That they are the one college football entity that everyone had foisted on them because they may be the only thing that they could watch the New York, every the New single York, week. They're the New York Yankees in a way. The Yankees were yeah. nationally televised, though. Not the, yeah. not the way that the Cubs and the Braves were. Well, yeah, they have their, they're in their superstition. I see where you're going there. Right. right. So I think, but I, I think we're looking at it different ways, but we're saying the same thing. Is right. that, it's saying, yeah, this is the team that we see every week. 
Yeah. I'm saying it, it, yeah, I see where you're going. I agree with you there too. Uh, I think what I'm trying to say is in a way with like the Yankees comparison, mm-hmm. it's that everyone has an opinion. Sure. You either love them you or either you either like them or you don't. Yeah. I'm in the boat. I don't like period. I, I know. Nothing. And then, yeah. And if Notre, and again, if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten, I would applaud them for that. One, it's better for them business-wise. Two, it's, it shows that they're willing to realize what they are. Yeah. They're a very big property. You know, we had the, on the Jones report, we had the draft mm-hmm. of the, take what football programs, what programs you'd want. Right. And it was a half a dozen programs before Notre Dame came up. Right. And I get it, but I mean, again, I, right now Alabama has a and Alabama has a better, you know, ratings than or a better following than Notre Dame does. That's going to change. Oh, absolutely. Change in the next ten years. I mean, it's and it's because Notre Dame has a longer term. You know, they've been since the twenties. Yes. Alabama's popular now because they win championships. Yes. When Nick Saban's gone, it's going to be less popular. It's going to be less in demand. I d- totally disagree on that. But oh, they're going to they're going to be a huge drop when he's gone. I totally disagree. Yeah. But that's for another time. Yeah, another time. The <laughs> last subject I want to get into. This just came out today. This is Friday afternoon. We're recording this. It'll be out tonight. So, um, the NCAA. They're really having some issues with NIL. They don't, they don't know whether to shit or wine their watch, as my dad would say. <sighs> they, the NCAA is asking its member schools to help with NIL violation investigations. Now, I understand that you, the NCAA always wants you to self-report if you break a rule. Yes. But the NCAA, the guidance they gave their member institutions was don't break state law. Right. Because the laws are different in every state and that's Mm -hmm. what they're really going to be enforcing. Now they're saying, well, let us know if you have any investigate, if you have any violations and we'll investigate. Right. Or help us with the investigations. Help the NCAA remain. Help the NCAA who may penalize you for rules that they really don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yep. Help Um, us with our jobs. (laughs) Help us do our, it's like Blazing Sea. You ever seen Blazing Saddles, right? Yes. Governor Lepetamane's running around. Everybody's around for Robin. He goes, he says, we got to protect our phony baloney jobs. Right. That is exactly what the NCAA just said here. They just said, we've got to protect our phony baloney jobs. Yeah. If we don't, we're in a lot of trouble. Absolutely. This is an entity that is so not worthy of being around anymore. I mean, if it's around in five years, I would be surprised. I, I, we were talking about this and I was talking to somebody, I'd rather not say who, someone who I know very well and who is involved in college sports. Yeah. And he and I spoke about it and I said, you know, here's what I kind of see happen. And he says, right, I really, a lot of us agree with what you're saying. I mean, what it was, was the NCAA will be around, but what their job will be is sort of to be the, the tournament guidepost. Yeah. We're running tournaments to run in the league as far as, you know, getting officials and the stadiums and that kind of stuff. They're not going to be around for enforcement of these investigations. No. They're not going to be around to set 
um, the rules moving forward. No, there'll we're be a coordination see. function. Yeah. There'll be, yeah, we're going to see, and I, I really think we're going to see football, men's basketball, and I do think women's basketball is going to go with them as well. Uh huh. I think we're going to see those three all split apart. And, and maybe softball and, I, I think and baseball. Still, I think well, I think those three for sure. Sure. And, and, and co- women's college basketball may not initially, but I think we'll get there. And I, I think this is an idea that's 2030. And yeah. Not, it's not 2023, not 2025. It's 2030. It's the next logical progression. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, there'll be no NCAA rules. No. For those. It'll be the coordinated effort of the membership of the membership institutions. And what we'll see is those will be not-for-profit organizations that are run by the athletic departments. Yeah. They're basically going to be, and they're going to have to get stuff, the federal, the feds are going to have to come in and regulate these things. There is a ton to do in college sports. Sure. And some of the stuff we're seeing, like the, the we talked a couple weeks ago with the Tommy Tuberville, Joe Manchkin stuff. Right. That's not where this is going to come from. This is going yeah. to have to be a coordinated effort of the, the top leagues, officials, their commissioners, the top people at the NCAA, the top people at the TV networks. And then they're going to have to get either an antitrust exemption or some sort of law passed. And they're going to have to go before Congress. They're going to have to go before a congressional committee and lay out, here's where we see the problems. Yeah. Here's what we want to do. It's going to talk about pay for people. It's going to talk about pay for players. Mm-hmm. About there being some kind of reward, some kind of, you know, pay for these players to come play for you. They're going to allow that. I call it free labor and get an antitrust agreement. It's not going to happen. Right. So it, there's a lot to this. And I still think we're at least five years out, if not longer. But yeah, the function of the NCAA is going to be different at the end of all these contracts we're talking about now. Yes. And we know, and Tyler and I'll get into this in a little bit, but we know the next college one will be the Big 12. Right. Um, what's happening now is the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the ACC are all hustling. And they're all going, who gets next? Because there's right. only a few networks left. I mean... It doesn't look like NBC is going to spend any more money. CBS just got in this Big Ten thing. I think it was a really good move for CBS. I think it was a really good move for NBC. Mm-hmm. Fox, I could see them get involved with one of the one of them. I don't see it being the ACC though, because what they need is West Coast. You know that half the country, which they could probably get away with with the with the Big Twelve, if they wanted to. Well, they already have a, a partial contract with the Big but 12. Those are all going to end. We're talking, you know, a couple more years out. The right. next ones are going to be 2024 and 2025. Right. So now you got to think, okay, well, these new contracts come in. Now we've got to fill in some gaps. Fox is going to say, okay, well, how do we fill in that six o'clock game? If we don't get the best game or we want to put one on FS1 or the nine o'clock West Coast game. Right. The Big 12 would be smart. Grab the Arizona schools, grab Oregon, grab Washington, 
bring them in now because if you do, ESPN will give you the money. They'll mm-hmm. give you the money to be the West Coast program. Yeah. And you've got plenty of games. And you'll have plenty of teams. It'll become – and that's going to suck for West Virginia. It's going to suck for fans of – well, we're about as West as you can get here in Kansas. You know, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, where you might have games that start at 9 o'clock local time. Yeah. But that's part of the game now. Absolutely. It's all about eyeballs. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting. There's a lot still coming. The one I think is going to be really interesting now that we've seen who's played out what. We know what ESPN's got because ESPN's bought hockey. Mm -hmm. ESPN is a big thing with the NFL. Sunday ticket looks like it's going to Apple. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that's going to get announced in the next few weeks. I expect probably around the first because it's not going to start till 2023. Okay. They still have Sunday ticket on it on direct TV this year, mm-hmm. but Sunday ticket will go to Apple and no one knows yet if it's going to be just regular part of Apple TV. Right. You'll pay extra for it. But imagine the subscriptions that go up if you're Apple, if you don't charge extra for it. Yeah. I mean, I have Apple TV and I haven't had Sunday ticket in seven, eight years at this point. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting stuff, I think, in the next couple of years. It will. And I'd, I, I would be tickled to have a Sunday ticket type option without having direct TV. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was a direct TV customer for like 15 years. And yeah. it was just so I can get a Sunday ticket. Yeah. But it was costing me so much money. It was and that's the thing. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I was paying three hundred dollars a month every like all 12 months. Right. And you're like, God damn. I mean, that's why we clipped the quarter streaming. Agreed. I did see a report yesterday on CNBC that said that the streaming services now have and they took into account every account from all the streaming services. There's mm-hmm. more streaming service accounts than there are cable accounts in America now. Makes sense. House, household is two to one cable overall. But if you take into account, the average person has three or four different streaming accounts. But it's coming. Right. So they're going to be going away. Absolutely. Yeah. How many, I'm curious. I don't know this. I didn't ask you. I didn't tell you something I asked you. I just, just came to my mind. How many streaming services do you have? Um, let's see. I have Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, which I'm really scared of what it's becoming. Um, I have access to Paramount Plus. I have Peacock. So I guess I have four... And then have somebody else's login for the fifth. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing mine down here. I want to see how many I've got here. Um, Prime. Oh, yeah. I've got Prime. I forget about it because until Lord of the Rings comes on, I haven't watched anything yeah. online. And we have Prime anyway because we just want to shit off of Amazon. Well, yeah. You have a Prime membership. You get Prime too. Okay, we've got Hulu, who we use for basically our cable service. I mean, we right. Have many channels in there. 
we have the Disney ESPN bundle hmm. that's kind of built in with Hulu. Yeah, I've got the Hulu Disney Plus. Yeah. We've got Netflix. Yeah. Which I think we're going to cancel Netflix. If we're going to cancel one, it's going to be Netflix. Okay. The only thing I watch on Netflix is now comedy shows. Like stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, we have Prime because we have Prime. We have Peacock. We do not currently have Paramount Plus. Um, I hear that Paramount Plus is really, really hard to use. I, so, <laughs> I, I'm going to admit this, and our listeners can take it as they will. Basically, the only thing that I've used Paramount Plus for is to watch Star Trek. See, I don't see a problem with that. But that's what the, that's what all of them are doing now. I mean, people have kept Netflix for Stranger Things. Right. You know, and I got, watched, Net, I, I got Netflix originally to watch House of Cards. And so I know that uh, Paramount Plus just re-upped their contract with UEFA. So it's great for yeah. soccer fans. Yes. Um, same with, you know, Peacock that they've yeah. got Premier League and yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's going to be interesting how they can kind of parlay because I find Peacock a little bit more frustrating to navigate, especially in the sports space. I find it never. But I, I haven't tried to watch like the football games on Paramount or anything like that yet. Okay. I also have the MLB TV app that I pay the free. one fee for the year. I get that free through T-Mobile. Yeah. Every year, uh, so. So the ones I have again: ESPN, Disney, Hulu. Yep. Netflix, Prime. We have Prime. Peacock, MLB. I'll probably keep canceling Netflix at some point. I don't know if we'll add Paramount. You have the new um, Discovery, Warner Brothers Discovery thing, which is, it's a mess because there's two companies merging to become yeah. one thing. And they haven't bought any sports rights yet. Because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I think they're biding their time because they want the NBA. They're going to make a huge play because they already have Turner Sports and they are already the home for the NBA. Okay. I think they make a huge, huge play for the NBA. I think the NBA is going to be some kind of a split ESPN and that, that Discovery Warner thing. Well, which it already is between. Yeah. But their new, their new rights start in 2025. So we'll see an announcement on that in the next couple of years. Yeah. And it's going to be huge. It's going to be bigger than It'll be bigger than what the Big Ten just did. I mean, the Big Ten got more than the NHL, which is hilarious to me. It, it's crazy. Yeah. The NH, and the NHL is kind of, starting with this season, I think it is, those games are all going to be on ESPN+. Plus. And it's, which is it's kind of cool, not just right? like a smidge. It's like $400 million difference. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, and it's funny to me. Um, I also wonder what's going to happen with NASCAR. You know, what's going to happen with that kind of thing. And then, you know, I mean, those fans are going to go somewhere. Yeah, they you are. Know, the thing. And then I wonder what will happen like with Fox. Well, you know, since Fox has already split off part of their company, you know, with having sold Fox Sports and FS1 and then, not that I'm not Tyler talking about he knows all about the Fox Sports split off, but they had well, a, and they had they to put spell the news all stuff their, off, something else, all well. the RSNs. Yeah. yeah, 
So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all that. Um, you have all these different streaming things like with Nesson's doing and the Yes Network. And then, sure. And, I mean, like, like, I'm a Red Sox fan. I will never pay Nesson $30 a month to watch. No. And even locally, people bitch yeah. about Bally Sports and how bad yeah. the platform is. So, yeah. Um, I got a question for you on this. This last yeah. question on this whole piece. Okay. How much would you pay? If ESPN was no longer on cable and you got all the ESPN's content, plus all the games that are on ESPN, ESPN2, how much would you pay for that per month? Well, currently, because I have it bundled and then I have somebody's cable login to yeah. backdoor my ESPN, I'd pay what I have now. Um if I didn't have the cable access, I would have to pay something just because too many of KU's basketball games would not be accessible through ESPN+. That would be my concern. But I, I flip on ESPN on a regular basis, can't find a damn thing that I want to watch unless yeah. – there might be a golf tournament that I want to watch specific players because that's basically all it is right now. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Marshawn Aron this week mm-hmm. and they were talking about where they think things are going. And they were saying they think by 2030 that you'll be able to get ESPN on the ESPN Plus, the network, and that there's even some talk that Disney might sell ESPN. ESPN is a loss leader for Disney and has been for years. Yeah. I just wonder if a private equity firm would come in and buy that and how to make it work, you know, or would a private equity firm go in and try to buy Fox and try to, and try to come up with another streaming service. Private equity needs to stay out of any journalistic adjacent uh, spaces, including sports. It's interesting because I was thinking about, so I was talking about, we were talking about the different streaming services we have. Yeah. Between us, we have Hulu, Disney, ESPN, Netflix, Prime, Peacock, MLB TV, and Paramount Plus. Yep. That include there's also things like Showtime. There's also a few others out there. You get the Warner. Yeah, because I have HBO Max. Yeah. I oh we have HBO Max as well. Part yeah. of our we get one of those we get free through Verizon. But right. Um is you have all these platforms. The I read an article this week that said the average household is going to have it has between three and four streaming services. Now, in my household, if you put the bundle together, we're at three, four, we're at five. Yep. If you unbundle, we're at seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still cheaper than what you get through Cablecom. Absolutely. And as we become, and as people who are our age become the oldest people, we're going to know how this works. I mean, right now the, the cable companies are being held together by the old people. Yeah, I mean it's just like the telcos when, you That's know, a great way of putting it. Yeah, the bell was forced to break up, and you had every kind of bell that there was, and yeah. now it's just what it is. Now it's all AT and T. Well, now it's just everybody has it. No one has a landline anymore. Everyone's on a cell phone. Do you have a landline? No, haven't. When did you get rid of yours? 
Um, well, when I moved out here, I didn't get a landline. So it's been seven years. The only reason why I had a landline in Alabama is because of where we lived. We were on DSL. So I had to have a landline. So we had did not, we moved in our current home. We got rid of our landline two years before. So we we're probably seven or eight years about. Yeah. But what we did have, we had DSL, but what we did was at our old house was mm-hmm. that they gave us a number just for the DSL. Right. Which you couldn't right. call to, but that was the number of the, line, of the line. Yeah. So the good old days. Yes. But that's the second tier of the technology getting better. <laughs> yeah. After dial up, which dial-up. we all grew up with. My Get off the phone. My favorite, that was my favorite part of it when we had, like, you know, my younger brother, you know, yeah. all I call him, my brother, but I'm the oldest. So I'm the one playing the joke on. When he would first go, when you first got like AOL back in the uh-huh. day, he'd get on and go do something. And you just go pick up one of the phones, pick it up, put it down. Yeah. That was that was one of my constant jokes of him. Or if I got mad at my mom, mm-hmm. pick the phone up, put it right back down, walk out the door. You know, I'd be like in my late teens, you know, I'm 17, 18, I got a car. It's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, really? You want to be a bitch to me today? Watch this. Click. I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah, now you gotta log back into AOL, you old, you Right. Know. Yeah. You know, you hear "God damn it," and you're already, you know, out the exactly. Door. By the time you get, by the time I get home, you're going to be asleep. Uh huh. Kids don't uh, listen to the ideas that Coach Bo gives you. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, um, I'm going to let us go from here, and then I'm going to come back after a short little break with Tyler, and we're going to talk all about the streaming stuff. I'm going to have him give me some insight on that. Uh, before we go, we'll talk about one of our quick uh, our partners, one of our great sponsors here. This is DoorDash. So, hey, DoorDash, um, our folks over at DoorDash, look, it's the kids are back to school. Your kid back to school yet? No, he doesn't go back till Tuesday. Tuesday. So, uh, kids are going back to school. Parents are tired. Got extracurricular activities. Sometimes you just don't want to fucking cook. Yep. So. DoorDash will bring you whatever you want right to your house, right to your office, right to the studio here. I use it all the time. DoorDash, if you use our link in the show notes, you're going to save $10 on each of your first three orders for new customers only. Look, we've all used it in the past. If you haven't used it, definitely use the link. If you have used it in the past, go into your, your phone, clear your cookies. Follow the link. Make a new DoorDash account, the new number or a new email address. Bam. Save yourself 10 bucks in your next three orders because you know you're going to save money anyway. You're going to use the service. It's a great service. We appreciate DoorDash being part of the show, helping us out. We want to help them out. And this is the best time of year because you know that right now you're getting tired. The kids have got you down. You got all this sort of shit to do now that they're back in school. Who wants to cook every night? Exactly. Once a week, DoorDash. Do it once a week. Everyone comes home and the DoorDash is there. Man, yeah. does that make a lot of sense? You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go to the restaurant, sit down, and then wait for your food. And then you get home late and you got everybody got to hurry to take a shower and then go to bed. Or it's not 
always pizza every week. It's something. Yeah, it's not pizza. You can do whatever you want. DoorDash that shit. So do it. Use our code. Save $10 on three, your first three orders. It's a great way to use it. Check them out. Ellen, thanks for jumping in. I appreciate you as always. We'll be back next week. I'm going to have Tyler Jones jump in here in a few minutes. And yeah. then, uh, you know, I'll kind of finish some things up. And then uh, you've got something else you want to jump on. Go for it. Yeah, I just, um, in closing, I want to say congratulations to Kansans who coming September 1st, you can bet legally. So congratulations. Yes. So I don't know if you've seen, so I can tell you what's been approved so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, DraftKings is approved. FanDuel's approved. And MGM's been approved. Let's go. We've got all three apps downloaded now. Let's go. We at the Coach Bono's podcast are working on a sponsor in that way. This is going to take some time. We hope to have it by mid-season. Sweet. All season, but you'll get a little extra bonus by using one of our codes. Uh, but we are working with a couple of companies to see which one's going to shake out to be the best one as a sponsor. So and I'm just excited for you guys and congratulations. Oh, it's it's awesome. And I will say, and I'll say this without having any precedent in this if you are in kansas download both fanduel and DraftKings. they're both giving you a hundred dollars okay i bet everyone will be giving you everyone's going to give something but right now if you do it before september the first and you have set up your account everything else they're going to give you a hundred dollars sweet on DraftKings, with us with particularly if you already have the um fantasy app mm-hmm. you can use the same login and they'll move it over it's the thing they do there's a piece you have to hit you have to do a, a thing for compliance for them then boom you're done super you good as soon as it's eligible so yeah it's supposed to be done and ready by the first games of the nfl season yeah i was just really yeah. stoked to see that yesterday so yeah. i've been getting all the twitter stuff and so i've again i downloaded FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, I don't know what else is coming. We do know there'll be the the Barstool Sportsbook opens at the Hollywood Casino soon. The DraftKings Sportsbook is going to open at the Kansas Star Casino down in Wichita. Um, I don't know who is sponsoring the one out in Dodge City, but there's one out there. Oh, okay. One at the Prairie Bank Casino as well. Okay. I haven't heard who's sponsoring that, but they're all going to have some kind of sponsor. Awesome. Depends on who the company works with. So like Barstool is with all the Hollywood casinos. That's all pin game. But um, for me, that's the closest one. But I'm not going to be out there as much if I can use the app. <laughs> I don't really like Barstool. So that's... Uh, yeah. I don't like that guy. No. I think that guy's a douche. He is. He, he is. What's his name? Portnoy? Yeah. David Portnoy, I yeah. believe. Tyler. Look, it's like his like role model. Um, everyone has different things. He loves that guy. I, I wouldn't. If he was on fire and we were on top of a bridge, I wouldn't throw him into the water to put him out. No, I let him burn. I agree. So he's not a not a good person. There's plenty. If you want to look it up, you just look up allegations on him, and you'll find plenty. So yes. All right. Well, look, we're gonna get out of here on that, and. Uh, Thank you for the positive stuff there. We will have some stuff coming up soon. 
here in Kansas on a good sponsor for the podcast as well. So working on that, we won't know again, a lot of it is they're trying to figure out what they can do. Sure. And so as we get into September, it's going to be October, November till we have it, but we'll have it to where it's going to be in time for all your holiday stuff, uh, you know, post postseason stuff and then basketball. So we'll have it there for all that too. So yeah, cool. Eve, thank you so much. I will chat with you, I'm sure, in the next few days, and we'll see you back on next Friday. Sounds great. Thanks, Bo. Thank you. All right, welcome back. Hey, I've got with us now the head honcho, the godfather of the Studio Soapbox Network. My boss. No. (laughs) Are you the boss? You're in charge. I'm I'm nobody's boss. Yeah. I'm not my own boss. Tyler Jones is joining us. Tyler Jones, the like I said, the the grand poobah of the Studio Soapbox Network. You can catch him weekly on the Jones Report, dropping every Thursday. Same place you get this podcast, you can get Tyler's podcast. I do a segment with him weekly called the Coach Bo's Football Fix. We have a good time. And uh, I wanted to bring Tyler, who's also a chat sports. And Tyler, talk about what you're doing at chat sports now. That's kind of some cool stuff you got going there. Yeah, I've uh, been covering the NFL since March full-time, doing uh, daily shows with the Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens, and then covering just the league as a whole with uh, other trending news and breaking news topics when things happen. But it's been a lot of fun. Just uh, to give an example, this is this is not like any other job I've worked before. I uh, Last night, we did this live watch-along party where people could watch – the Seahawks-Bears game with us, essentially. And I'm sitting there, Bo, you'll love this, with a Michelob Ultra at hand and a ranch water, and I'm drinking and reacting to the game in real time, and people are sending me money to drink more. Like, I, I eventually, at one point, get this. So we, uh, we had said, like, okay, if we raise $150 – then me or my producer, we will drink a boot, which is three cans of beer in a plastic boot and try to put it down as quickly as possible. And the first half wasn't going great. You know, we we didn't have a whole lot of money coming in, whatever. And then the second half, Seahawks looked so bad and all these Seahawks fans wanted to drink away their sorrows with us. And gave us like 300 bucks and we, we downed a, a couple different boots uh, to make things feel a little bit better, provide some entertainment relief for the Seahawks fans last night. So it was good, good time. Uh, and that's how we roll with chat sports. So I, I love it. It's unique. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's, that's cool. Uh, you're doing a great job over there. And I think it's really cool. You found a good fit for who you are and your personality as well. So I, my record time though uh, is for the boot. 16 seconds. And that's three and a half beers? No, that's three beers in a, in a plastic boot. Yeah. I feel like the old boat could beat you. Yeah. Don't think that current boat could beat that. I feel like 25-year-old boat would beat the hell out of that boat. We were watching, you'll get a kick out of it because you know my family. We were watching the wife and I, and then Peyton came home while we were watching this. We were watching Old School. Oh, yeah. Great movie. And it was right when the scene where uh, Will Ferrell's character, Frank, is uh, talking 
to the wife that he's going to go out with his buddies for the night. And she goes, we've done a lot to make Frank the Tank go away. Don't want him coming back. And and then he gets to the point where he goes to the party and he does the um, the beer funnel. Yes. And Jen, my wife, looked over at me. She made eye contact with our son. And she looked at him as if, and she said, if you're thinking what I think you're thinking, yes, your father was Frank the Tank when he was young. <laughs> and Peyton just went, well, you confirmed what I thought. So he just, and he just kept it moving and left the room. But yeah, it was, yeah, he, he yes. Dad was, that was dad at one point. I just got old and can't do that anymore. I could give you a run for 16 seconds now. I'd probably, I'd probably be under 20 though. The thing is, Bo, it's not even so much the beer. It's that much liquid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to be breathing right, too. Right. Yeah. Well, I did a boot uh, like a week or two ago, what we call the jungle boot, where it was that and then a shot of fireball. That, that was powerful. I, I, was I just, my, it, my chest went like, it like skipped a beat there for a second. <laughs> That was not one of my faster times, but I did get it done. I got to breathe in and out. Make sure I'm good. Okay. All right. Yep. Three beers and a fireball. I All of a sudden, I would turn into Frank the Tank. You know. <laughs> hey, I got you on here because, one, I wanted to talk to you. We wanted, we always, I enjoy chatting with you, and I enjoy being on your show, and we wanted to kind well, of nice. bring you over here. But uh, I've been wanting to bring you in for quite a while. But what I really want to talk about, because you have some insight in this area, and we talk about it quite a bit on here on the sports business side of this. And we had the big announcement this week from the Big Ten, where the the, the new rights starting in the 2023 season are going to be out. They're spending a billion dollars. They're getting a billion dollars a year, essentially, from Fox, NBC, CBS. And we covered earlier with Ellen and I kind of what that structure looks like. And I wanted to talk to you about it because we've, well, if you look, I mean, Big Ten just got more money than the end in the NHL, more than the SEC, which you know, I never thought anybody passed the SEC at the college level. Um, now we've got rights coming up for the Big 12 soon, the Pac-12 soon, and now we're seeing some synergy between Fox, CBS, NBC, kind of like it's kind of they've all come together to the opposite of ESPN. With ESPN already having so many rights and everything else, it's almost like these three came together to make this deal. And I know part of it was Fox has a stake in the Big Ten Network. NBC wanted some more content for Peacock. They wanted something they could play as a doubleheader with it with Notre Dame. Um, Fox wants a big time uh, network. Wants to be wants to have a big time conference to put for. Um, what is it, Fox, what do you, how does it with the, the, the noon, Fox Big Noon, is that what it's called? Big Noon Kickoff, yeah. Big Noon Kickoff, you know, I knew you'd know it better than me. And then CBS needs a replacement for losing the SEC to, AB, to ESPN. Right. So, one, what is your take of these three networks with different platforms all coming together to make a deal like you know, it's interesting. It reminds me so much of the NFL, right? Um, you know, you go back in the day in the TV deals that were struck with uh, 
you know, the, the NFL, they felt years ago that it was best to share the pie, to get the NFL on as many networks, major networks as possible. And what's, what's so fascinating to me is all these years later, that strategy that was put in place by Pete Rosell um, is still the best strategy out there. I mean, really, you, you look at, okay, when the conference championship games roll around in the NFL, does anybody have any problems going from CBS to Fox to go from the AFC to the NFC championship game? No. I mean, would it be more convenient, I guess, if it was just all on, let's say, CBS? Okay, maybe. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're spreading the wealth and you're getting all of those networks to promote your product all week long, too. Um, that's what it is. Fox, you know, in this recent TV deal that they put together, they did not even leave everything for themselves like they could have. Fox, it was a unique situation. Uh, Eric Shanks, the head of Fox Sports, was put in charge by the Big Ten, working on Fox's behalf to negotiate the TV deal for the Big Ten. And it was like, wait, what? So yeah. you're telling me that Eric Shanks, is, who works for Fox, is going to be representing the Big Ten to these competing networks at the negotiating table. And I think ESPN was kind of uncomfortable with that. Um, and I think that the Big Ten saw the relationship between ESPN and the SEC, how cozy they were, and they wanted to do their own thing, wanted to stand out a bit. And to get this deal to have all three windows locked up on three major networks, um, you know, outside the 330 window on CBS, Bowl. I mean, if you're watching as of right now, no one conference owns any time slot of games. It's all based on, you know, who, what the best game is, depending on the conference, whatever. And so now the Big Ten says, we're going to do what the SEC was doing, but we're going to do it at a bigger level. And we're going to do it on three networks. I mean, it was a great plan. Um, you know, say what you want about Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner. I'm not a big fan of his, but – they were masterful in putting this job together. The only thing that I would say, if I were concerned about, if I were the Big Ten, is are you afraid of being in no man's land of not being on ESPN, not being on ABC, of being ignored? Because right now, I mean, you hear it all the time, Bo. How many people say ESPN runs college football and yeah. sets the tone and – you know, delivers the message, the talking points of college football go through ESPN. And if ESPN's left hanging and not involved in the Big Ten, does that mean they're going to be ignored? And is that going to affect their rankings? Is that going to affect their playoff chances? To me, that's the only downside of this deal for the Big Ten is they risk that being out there. I mean, the NHL, NASCAR, I mean, you, you, you name it, these other leagues – that when they left ESPN got forgotten about. I mean, you, you look at, you know, even in college football, uh, you know, like the Mountain West Conference isn't with ESPN anymore. Can anyone name a team besides Boise State or San Diego State or Fresno in that league? You know, I mean, so that's the risk that the Big Ten's taking, but I think they're fully aware of it. 
And maybe what it does, too, another idea potentially is that the Big Ten is pushing for Fox for another broadcast partner to have part of the college football playoff. Maybe it just opens up the conversation more. Maybe Fox has an equal seat to the table, as does ESPN, and and it ultimately doesn't matter if ESPN doesn't give them coverage or not. Yeah, I know that you and I have talked on your podcast about this, and, and I think we kind of see like it's almost like battle lines have been drawn. Yes. You know, you have ESPN on one side. You have Fox on the other when it comes to college football. And I think you're spot on there. I think that the Big Ten and the SEC are the two players. They're Godzilla and King Kong. And when it comes to however this new college football playoff goes – going to get expanded, going to be more games because more games is more money and who doesn't want more money except for Notre Dame. Um, If you look at it that way, it's almost like Fox and ESPN are saying, okay, we're going to get this together begrudgingly, but we're going to split this. And we each have the, 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 the big monster we can take in there. ESPN can say, hey, we're the home of the SEC. I think the Big Ten didn't want to be on ESPN as part of it because they didn't want to be little brother to the SEC. They found a partner that's going to treat them like they're King Kong. So, hey, now they're at the table. And they're going to be one of those two mega conferences. And adding USC, UCLA is huge. And, I mean, that's what got this deal done. You get the LA market in there as well. And now it gives you more time zones to put more games on. Right. You know, you have fuller content. So um, I, I'm wondering what's going to happen when we see the um, the next college football playoffs, you know, when we see that next negotiation, when it does expand, there's TV contracts, that that's not going to all be on ESPN and the ABC. I just don't see that happening. No. Um, Fox is going to be involved. Yeah. I think there's a great chance of that. Maybe even another network as well. Um, is going to be part of the fold. And ultimately, I think that's going to be better for college football to have multiple networks involved promoting the sport and to not have, you know, one bias towards one league, you know, controlling the messaging for the entire sport. I think that will be a very good thing. And, you know, college sports right now, it's it's the Wild West, as they say. Um, I was listening to Mike Leach today. And he was saying that he cannot think of a time in American sports where one sport was in so much transition right now. Conference realignment going on, NIL and all of it's going on, and the transfer portal too. I mean, college football as we know it is – it's not doing a 180. It's doing a 360. I mean, it is completely changing course and – not recognizable from what it was even just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was just talking to Ellen about that earlier. It's like, okay, well, we've got a situation where the people who are the traditionalists who are holding on to this idea of amateurism and these other things, they're just, they're just shut out of luck now. This is big business. Mm-hmm. When a conference is bringing in a billion dollars a year in TV rates, that's just unfathomable to what it was, like you said, two years ago. The SEC, think about how big a deal it was. Was that two years ago, one year ago now, that the SEC signed the big deal with ESPN? Mm -hmm. And that wasn't 
even close to a billion dollars. It was what six hundred million, something like that. Right, five or six hundred million. I mean, that's now that's a that's a deal that ESPN got on that deal. When comparatively, um, I want to ask you this on the Big Ten piece. NBC gets brought in. They're going to have a night game each week, each each Saturday night. Looks like, um, and they also have Notre Dame. And if people who listen to this podcast know I'm very critical of Notre Dame. Uh, we had talked, you and I talked offline, and I've heard this too uh, elsewhere. Notre Dame's in their negotiating window for extending their rights with NBC. NBC wants to keep Notre Dame, but I think NBC really kind of wants Notre Dame to join the Big Ten, don't you think? I think so. Um I mean, we heard Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, straight up say that they want to get to 20 teams. That came out today. Um, I, I would think that there's going to be some type of thing written into the contract that allows Notre Dame easier access to the Big Ten, where NBC can – maybe have like an exclusive deal where the home games are going to be on NBC, no matter what, maybe it's a special way it's written out in the contract or something to, to that extent. But, you know, I think that Notre Dame is going to stay independent for now. It looks like they're looking at about a $60 million type deal, which is far less than the big 10 money. Yes. But I mean, we'll see, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, I don't think the door is ever going to be closed on that. Now that you know that they're partnering, NBC's partnering with one of, uh, you know, a common partner, you know, the yeah. Big Ten and, and, and Notre Dame, both sharing NBC, there's a door that even gets further open. I think basically what this does is this just kind of kicks the can down the road. Um, you know, it's $60 million. Okay, that's, that's decent money, sure. But uh, um, later on, you know, what if that money for the Big Ten is 110, 120? There's just going to come a point where it's just too much money to say no. I I think so, too. And I think that's what what Notre Dame needs to do. I made the point earlier saying that my biggest thing is, is that what I don't want to see and what I I hope happens, and I, I think back to the BCS era a little bit on this, is as the college football playoff expands, I don't want to see if Notre Dame does not join a conference, I don't want to see exceptions made for Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, back in the BCS era, they were saying, well, if you're one of these top top, um, top one or top two slots in your conference, you're able to get in, that kind of stuff. But then there was a special kind of exemption if Notre Dame got 10 wins then they could get into the BCS games. I don't want to see them get in the playoffs just because they win 11 games or 12 games. Right. And I, that's my argument, is that if, if, if they're going to go ahead and stay on their own and stay independent, that's great. But the rest of college football needs to go on without making any special rules for them. Because yes. now Notre Dame's also having issues in NIL. You know, they don't know how to use NIL within their, um, I want to say this, within their belief system, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
and how to best do that and stay true to who they are in their minds. And I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. Um, I think that people just need to understand this is not your granddad's college football anymore. It's not even our father's college football anymore. It's this is business. And this is how it's going to go from here on out. And in Notre Dame needs to step into the 2020s here and figure out what they're doing, join a conference and kind of just quit being hoity toity with somebody different. And the way to humble them in this case is to say, hey, we're not making any exceptions for you. If you qualify because you're good enough, that's fine. We'll let you in. But they should be treated like a non-Power 5 team for me. Well, and what I would say, too, is, you know, if you're the Big Ten or you're these other conferences, if you want Notre Dame, what you ought to do is just tell your league members, don't schedule Notre Dame. You know, if you're the Big Ten specifically, who has, what, three, four of their rivals right now, and, you know, they could add Stanford if they wanted to, and they'd have five of them. Yeah. I, I mean, you are paying them enough money, you could dictate to them and say, do not play Notre Dame. And eventually, Notre Dame would come at, would run out of opponents they could schedule, and they'd have to be forced to join a conference. I mean, we yeah. saw what happened in the COVID year. Notre Dame joined the ACC not because – the ACC wanted them, but because they needed the ACC yes. because they needed a life net. We need teams to play us. We, we need, you know, a way to get in the playoff or something. Can you help us out? The ACC, you know, threw them uh, an opportunity out there. And yeah. so to me, that, that is going to be the point of forcing Notre Dame to, to join a conference, potentially the big 10 is if you call their bluff and say, yeah, we're, we're just not scheduling that. You know I mean? You're going to have to, uh, you you want to play these teams, you're going to join the league. I mean, and, and if Notre Dame wants to keep their traditions and all that, then that's going to be – that might be their only path to do so. Yeah. And Notre Dame currently the next couple of years, uh, in 2023, 2024, has games scheduled with Purdue, Ohio State, and USC, who are all Big Ten schools. Right. Um, well, USC's soon to be in the Big Ten. Right. Um. You mentioned earlier Big, 12, Big Ten is looking at saying there may go to 20 teams, kind of predicted this for a while. There are 16 when they add USC and UCLA. Is that right? Right. Give me the other four they add. Uh, Oregon, Washington, that puts you at 18. And then I think the – Smartest move at that point, you know, beat the SEC to it and really expand the reach. I would go North Carolina and Miami as the next two. If you can – because I think those two teams are on the list for the SEC expansion, and I think they're probably the two best teams to pick from in the the ACC. I mean, outside of Clemson or Florida State, but – I don't know how well Clemson, Florida State necessarily picking the Big Ten, but um, I think it's Oregon and Washington, and then you kind of figure out the other two teams from there. But something tells me that North Carolina and Miami have a have a chance, especially Miami, to uh, to join that Big Ten fold uh, when it's all said and done. That that could be the direction I see this going. Okay, um, the SEC is currently at sixteen teams, 
They haven't come out and said it, but I'm assuming they're going to look at making that a 20-team conference at some point, too. Their deal with ESPN does ratchet up if they add members, so they can do that. Do you see four teams that would go to the SEC? Uh, I think Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and whether it's North Carolina or Virginia, I mean, they all would gladly join the SEC. What's an interesting predicament, though, is as far as this ESPN-SEC battle of sorts goes is, remember, ESPN's got a heavy stake in the ACC. The ACC has a network, a contract that's very friendly to ESPN uh, to like 2038. And as far as ESPN playing the role of kingmaker and such, eventually that would cost you more money if those schools yeah. go to the SEC. And so I don't see things necessarily ESPN making it easier for those schools to go to the SEC and hurting their own networks and hurting the money that they're making. That's where I think it's going to – the ACC, with their grant of rights being so far out and how expensive their buyout is, it, it is still, no matter what, going to be very difficult for anybody to leave that league. I think teams want out, but it is a messy situation to try to get out of the SEC, ACC for a couple of reasons. Right now. Let's say, we, for argument's sake, whether it was Clemson or Florida State or – or, or Virginia, I know the, the names that I had heard banding about with the SEC were Miami, Florida State, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and Clemson, some combination of four out of those five. Virginia is the one that I think is interesting because it's the one that's not as held as high on the sports total pole with the other four, but yeah. you include a lot of the, the D.C. television market. I right. think that's what helps there. It's a big alumni base, a wealthy alumni so if you go to the SEC, you're going to be committing to improving your program overall. Um, I have a question. This has been brought up in this show many times. Ellen's a big proponent of this one. Would you see North Carolina leaving without Duke? Maybe. Um, Would that basketball rivalry be enough to keep North Carolina from moving to the SEC? It's a good question. I mean – I would think they would um, because it's a basketball thing where, I mean, you could still play them non-conference every year. Um, It's not like football where it's so hard to schedule these non-conference games. I don't think, as far as I know, anybody's going to be losing sleep over if Duke and North Carolina don't play in football. Um, I mean, I I, I think so. If the the opportunity presents itself, I, I don't think that, uh, Duke is a, a must-have for, for North Carolina. Um, I mean, I, I could see them staying to keep that intact, but um, I don't see that as a definite necessarily. Those two have to be together. If ESPN – or I'm sorry, if the SEC calls North Carolina tonight and says, we want you to be our next team, and you know how much more money you're going to get if you're North Carolina going over to the SEC and TV rights alone, you go, right? You do if you can figure out the the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, like I said, it's not easy to get out. I don't think a I don't think ESPN right now wants the ACC to be losing members at this time because yeah. of their invested stake. But um, 
it's certainly an interesting idea. Uh, I think there's a lot more moving parts. It can't be done overnight, but yeah. it would be something I think North Carolina at the yeah. end of the day would, would look at and say it's too good to pass out. Okay. The other expansion question I have is the Big 12. Yeah. 12 has now lost Oklahoma and Texas. Um, we've seen that the Big 10 has expanded into the Pac-12. And now we got the Pac-12 and the Big 12 kind of fighting for the for the last seat at the table, if you will, in TV rights. But then being the next two that have TV rights coming up, ESPN needs a partner, and they need it the way I'm looking at it. They need a partner for the West Coast half of their football schedule. You have an SCC game in the morning, you know, the 11 a.m., 1130. Noon, if you will, Central Time here. Uh, you have ESPN in the afternoon and in the evening time, but there is still a nine o'clock window, nine o'clock Central Time window, seven o'clock on the West Coast. That ESPN does not have a, a partner with in the future, future for the ACC can't fill that. You don't think the SEC is going to fill that because you're not going to want to put a, you know, even an AM game in the you know, farthest west you can go. You don't want to play an AM game at 10 o'clock local time. But they're going to, ESPN is going to need somebody for that window. They don't want to use the Mountain West. They have a chance to make a deal with either the Big 12 or the Pac 12. With the Pac 12 having lost its two biggest names on the West Coast, isn't it the best time for the Big 12 to go in and try to grab some of those West Coast names, whether it's Arizona and Arizona State or or Oregon and Washington before the Big Ten can? Um, I mean, you're you're not going to get somebody to choose your league over the Big Ten. I mean, if there's any – I think what – if you have any shot at the Big Ten, and there's only a couple teams that do, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, maybe Cal um, – I don't see them accepting that Big 12 invite and eliminating their possibility to go into the Big 10. Because right now, the Pac-12 probably has, I heard it said best the other day, about a three-point spread. They're about three-and-a-half-point favorites to survive right now as a league. Yeah. Um, but if Oregon and Washington or somebody leaves the Pac-12 that leaves that league, then they're done then it's just over with at that point. Um, and so with, with that said, the Big 12 is in better condition to stabilize and keep their teams because the Big 10 doesn't want their teams. And the Big 10 potentially could want some Pac-12 teams. And so if you're the Big 12, you keep knocking on the door, you keep hoping somebody answers and comes in. Um, but it, it's, it, it's a situation where, too, how much does your league revenue go up by adding some of those teams? Because you're not going to get Oregon and Washington. How much value does it really bring you of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, of comparably speaking of you're going to have to spread the wealth among 14 teams now. You add four more teams. Are you going to get enough money in the TV deal to pay everybody, or is that going to be just less of the pie to spread among 16 teams? Yeah. That's what the Big 12 has to figure out. Yeah, there's definitely some algebra to that, and you have to figure that out. But again, there's that one window left. 
and someone's going to pay to have it. I mean, ESPN's going to pay somebody. Well, Who is it they're going to pay? Is it the Pac-12 or the Big 12? And I wonder if the Big 12 says – I mean, if I'm the Big 12 commission, the first thing I'm doing is calling Arizona and Arizona State. I'm calling Oregon, and I'm calling Washington, and I'm saying, look, I know you think you want to go to the Big 10, but they're not expanding until Notre Dame comes. Right. And that's the conversation I'd be having. And saying, or do you want to wait two more, three more years to maybe go to the Big Ten or come to us now? And, yeah, the gain isn't as great as going to the Big Ten, but you've gone you got an outside chance of getting in because there's a couple teams ahead of you. Right. If they expand. Because the only way the Big Ten's expanding is if they take on four, one of them's going to have to be Notre Dame. Right. If they don't get Notre Dame and not expanding four teams. What does it help them to get Oregon, North um, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Arizona? Well, where it does help you is okay. Um, let's say you play that ten o'clock Eastern West Coast game. Is that really going to be against Rutgers? Are you going to kick and make Rutgers play if so, their fans wait at ten o'clock well, Eastern time? Well, we you give opponents for them to play that fit the window. Yeah, I, yeah. What you'll see is you'll see that you know it's, it's going to be a bunch of right now. It'd be a bunch of USC and UCLA games at home versus whoever they're playing. Yeah, you right. I know get, that. I know that. But yeah. I mean, again, you're going though. Yeah, Rutgers though. You're going Rutgers make, or Purdue? Yeah, or Indiana. Are you going to make Indiana fans wait to watch their team till ten o'clock? You know, I mean, yeah. that that's where I wonder in all this. Where, yeah. where I would slow my roll a little bit is, um, and, and remember. These network, these ESPN, Fox, and all them—they have multiple networks to feed too. Yeah. With ESPN, you're not just saying, "Oh, we got to fill the ten o'clock window on ESPN." No, you got to be able to fill eleven a.m., two o'clock, seven o'clock on ABC, on yeah. ESPNU, on ESPN yeah. two, on ESPN, yeah. uh, you know, Fox, FS one, FS two. I mean, everybody's fo- so focused in on this West Coast window. I'm like. What about, you know, 2 o'clock on ESPN2 still needs a game, too, you know? So. Well, that's going to be the ESPN. It's going to be, ESP, gonna be an, an SEC game. That's going to be Kentucky versus Tennessee. But, I mean, even then, there's not enough games yeah. for in one league for all those windows of all those yeah. networks. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I think the whole idea is interesting. But I yeah. do think there's, like, it's like musical chairs. I think there's only one chair left. We got two conferences fighting. They're going to be fighting for it. Yeah. So um, the other question I have on the uh, sports business thing, of course, all these streaming rights, all the TV rights and everything else moving forward. Do you see a situation? We talked about and there's a couple things here on this. Fox does not have a streaming service that is for sports. They have its is it Tuvi is what it's called or Tuvi. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and they use that for their programming and for movies. They don't really use that for sports. It's not a pay window for that. Um, I, I mean, they have the rights to put playoff games on there, and they've decided not to. Yeah. Do you do you see that? And and refresh my memory because you know this a lot better than I do. There was a split a couple of years ago of of business wise between Fox Sports, Fox. And then the Fox Business, Fox News, and that sort of thing. Um, 
Tell me yes. a little about that because then you, my question then leads into once you talk about the split is to say, okay, what do we think that Fox on the sports side could be attained by somebody else? Could somebody come in and say, we want to do something to start a streaming service? So Rupert Murdoch, uh, who owns, you know, News Corp and Fox and the Wall Street Journal, New York Post, all that stuff, um, he is getting old. Um, and, I mean, there's no secret about that. And yeah. uh, his son, Andrew Murdoch, has kind of taken over the day-to-day operations and leading the way. But it's been well speculated for a long time that the Murdochs will eventually sell uh, News Corp and they already sold off the Fox regional networks um, and they're glad they did because the regional networks are struggling more than anything else on cable right now. Yeah. Um, they sold off FX, National Geographic, Fox Soccer, um, just to name a few. And now what Fox owns is Big Fox Network, Fox News Channel, Fox Business, FS1, and FS2. Okay. And that's all they have for TV. Okay. And so there's a belief that the Murdoch kids might just want to cash in and not run the company anymore as their dad nears retirement. And so, you know, with that, could we see someone else come into the fold and take over all those rights that they own? Uh, I mean, you have, you say what you want about, you know, Fox News, but that's the number one news network on cable in ratings. Um, you know, Fox Business Network's been successful. Um, Fox, you know, Fox Sports with all their properties and FS1's about the number two sports cable channel uh, and Big Fox. I mean, they would have a lot to offer. So, yeah, this all this portfolio that Fox is building and adding, like the Big Ten Conference, that only makes things – more valuable for them to sell, a more you know, feasible product, more money they can cash in on down the line potentially. Okay. I just was curious, and do you see a situation where Fox is bought by somebody else trying to then set up a streaming service? Um, I could see a situation where they're bought. When it comes to government regu- regulation, though, I don't see Big Fox being owned by one of the same companies that already owns one of the big major networks like Comcast, Viacom, Disney, none of those companies are going to be owning Big Fox. No. Uh, I think that's not going to be allowed by the FCC. Um, but, you know, if whether it's, you know, Jeff Bezos and Amazon or whoever it may be, that could be their way to get into one of those major companies because they're not for sale all the time. I mean, Comcast was the most recent sell of those of the big networks, you know, uh, you know, Universal selling yeah. off uh, NBC to Comcast. And that was, what, 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, decade, the, yeah. It, it'll go when I think Fox will sell eventually. I don't know when, but it is uh, it's, it's going to be heavily desired. I can tell you that. Do you, do you think that it would be Amazon's play? Amazon has not jumped heavily into any of the sports stuff outside of their Thursday night NFL piece. Yeah, I think it's whoever buys is going to be buying all of that. Yeah. It's not just the sports channels. I think they're going to own Fox News and Fox Business and Fox Broadcast. Um, it's going to have to be a company that wants, you know, all those pieces. And, um, 
whether it's Amazon or Apple or whoever. Um, yeah, I could see that happening. I don't know if it happens in the next couple of years, but I do ha- see it happening eventually. Uh, one last one, and then I'm going to get you out of here on this, I promise. Do you see a situation where Disney decides to cut and cut bait and sell ESPN? Yes. Um, How likely do you think that is? I would say it's probably about 50-50. Uh, I'm kind of in the belief that they will eventually as well. So there was a report out this week, I can't remember who it was exactly, that ESPN's like upper investors, your management is telling them to uh, split off ESPN. The tricky part about that when it comes to ESPN's rights is, okay, um, you know, Disney's not giving up ABC. How much of those rights could they pull from ESPN and say, we're moving to ABC now or we're moving to FX or something like that? To me, that's where things get tricky. ABC and ESPN are so in line together now. I mean, ABC Sports doesn't even exist anymore. It's ESPN ESPN on ABC. ABC. So that's where I wonder is if they do sell off ESPN and its properties, how much would they be able to keep for their own and put it on other properties elsewhere that I don't know. Okay. Would you see on that kind of sell it being a, an Apple or an Amazon coming in, or is this somewhere that's maybe a target for a, um, some kind of um, group coming together, some kind of private equity firm kind of thing? I think anything's on the table. I could see private equity firm. I could see one of the major companies, you know, streaming companies, whatever it may be. Um, you know, there, there's, there's brand reputation that comes around with that. You know, everybody laughs at you know how bad CNN's ratings has been the last few years, but you know, um, worldwide, is there a bigger news name than CNN? Those yeah. three red letters, CNN, that is globally recognized. Yeah. ESPN is the same way in sports. Okay. Maybe their ratings haven't been great. Maybe they aren't the product they were. 10, 15 years ago, but I mean, I bet if I walked into a bar in, in England right now and I said, yeah, put me on ESPN, they'll find me an ESPN channel of some sorts. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll know what you're talking about. There's, there's power that comes in that brand that is ESPN that's so recognizable that I think anybody would, even if they're not necessarily liking the product that is ESPN right now, they'll see if see a way to find it fit in their image and it'd be very valuable for somebody well hey i'm gonna get you out on that one so thank you so much you want to uh plug in john's report again and then uh don't support out each and every thursday apple spotify google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts uh i'm on twitter instagram all that at tyler jones live love talking to the folks out there and and, uh keeping up uh as we Finish strong on the uh, summer of Jones in 2022. There so, you go. All right. Uh, Bo, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, hey, anytime thanks for we having me. Coming on and uh, Bo's with me each and every week in the Jones Sport for uh, the football fix and our draft season segments uh, each week. This week we talk conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah. Something I know Bo just loved talking about. Oh, uh, God. It was it was a little bit painful, but I had fun with it because <laughs> I actually drafted ones that I like kind of half-ass believe. So. And if you listen to this pod, you know, not, it, not a lot of Alex Jones was on my team. <laughs> um, 
we'll have one more draft because yeah. football is officially back this coming week. So we've got to go out with a bang. Yeah. And you know, we're still in your gimmick coming soon. We're doing the Star Wars draft. Okay. I've got like three or four folks coming on. Do you want a piece of the Star Wars draft? Uh, I think I'll leave that to you. Okay. You know, what I, you know I gotta, I'm going to steal your gimmick. I'm going to leave an offer. So, okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. If, if Darth Vader's not number one, then the draft's a waste. I, he's number one on my big board. I have heard from three others that are saying he's not. So, yeah, I'm taking Darth Vader if I get to number one. Darth's a badass. You gotta love he, Darth. He, that's my dude. Uh, you know, I, I, I want Dark Side for life. I would love to see an alternative Star Wars where Darth Vader wins. You know, I've always rooted for Darth Vader, and and I have a, um, a hatred for all things Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he's just a whiny kid. He's a whiny little baby. He reminds me of every child from my son's generation. Yeah, <laughs> which you're not too far from. I'm not. I'm not a whiny little child either. That's true. All right. Hey, Tyler, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. I'll be on the Junk Report next week. And anytime you want to come on here and talk, I'm, it's always appreciative. So thanks for coming in. And we're going to get out of here. So I'll leave you be. Let you do your stuff. Get back to chat sports and we'll break some news. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Tyler. Well, let's put a bow around the end of the podcast here and uh, want to thank both Tyler and Ellen for jumping in here and doing some spots with us. I hope you guys enjoyed the time with Tyler Jones. Uh, I enjoy going on his podcast each week. We do Coach Bo's Football Fix. Uh, check that out. Before we go, one last uh, ad, one last piece. I want to jump in here and thank a sponsor, which is Gold Belly. If you're a regular listener, you know we've got a great deal with Gold Belly. Right now, there's a couple things I want to point out, and that's one, Jack Stack Barbecue is now on Gold Belly, and right now you can get it for 40% off. Uh, they've got some packages available on Gold Belly that you can't even get directly from Jack Stack. If you've never had Jack Stack, if you're from outside the Kansas City area, it is some really great barbecue. And right now you can get it for 40% off at Gold Belly. Check out our show notes. There's a link in there that not only will you get the discount, but you'll save $25 on your first order, $50 or more. So definitely give that a try as well. And then I always recommend this. I love the subscription boxes. Um, I, we're going to be taking a look at another one of these here at the house here pretty soon. But there's the pie boxes, the bacon box. There's even the um, boxes, subscription boxes for your city. New Orleans, Miami, L.A., New York. you got a taste for a particular town. It's a great way to kind of get those local favorites and get a little something every month. So I hope you guys will take advantage of that. Use our link and, and save yourself 25 bucks. Want to jump out of here on that. I want to say thank you to, again, to, to Tyler Jones for coming in. Thank you to Ellen and Ellen Wigginger and everything you do as the co-host. Uh, I want to thank everybody at Studio Soapbox for everything they do behind the scenes. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. Until, until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are not a fun one. Take care, everybody.